So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Edition. Chuck. Hey, Neil. People love them Cosmic Queries. They do. We I, have a lot of inquiring minds. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. Plus, actually, in Cosmic Queries, we bring in other people who are the experts, and I just get to sit and listen. Ah. And, and I learn, too. So, there you have it. The, who knew you were still capable of learning something? What, what kind of... What? what, what? The man who knows everything? <laughs> no, I never on. said I don't know everything. Okay. There's very... Well, okay. Today, today's subject, yes. aliens in film and TV. Oh. Big subject. That is a big subject. Big subject. Huge subject. For something for which there's no data. <laughs> <laughs> aliens. Now, I got my own thoughts about aliens, but there are people out there who are more alien-fluent than I am. All right, before we get to our alien-fluency... Uh, do you believe in aliens? It's not about a belief. No. Okay. Do you believe that we are alone in the universe? Isn't that is that one of the questions? No. I just ask. I'm asking you personally. Okay. I. It would be inexcusably egocentric for anyone to suggest that we on Earth are alone in the universe, given how old the universe is, the prevalence of the chemistry that manifests in life. We see that biochemistry, that organic chemistry, all across the universe, and how long it took life to show up on Earth. It's pretty quick. About okay. 100 million years sounds like a long time. But short, short compared to the span of the, span of the Earth and, 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 and of the universe. So it would be astonishing if we were alone. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Very diplomatically placed without actually saying yes or no. <laughs> but I, I know exactly what you mean, so it's great. That's all I'm giving it's you. It's a good answer. That's all I'm giving all you. All right. Well, what we have, who we have here yes. is the one and only Jake Robert. Jake. What? Jake. Hello. Hey, I got Jake. Your, your resume here. Host of Vsauce <laughs> 3 Science Channel on YouTube. Vsauce. Could you guess that? He's got a YouTube pillow over his left shoulder. <laughs> good for him. Okay. And you host the YouTube series... Could you survive the movies? That is a brilliant concept. Putting people through oh, what goes you. on in the movies. Right. Right? That, that's a brilliant concept. And uh, so uh, do you just never leave home and you watch movies all the time? Or do you like study this <laughs> in school? I mean, it, it worked out well because, yes, I, my job is to watch movies and then explore them scientifically. That's so his job. That's pretty a, well. What a great job. This is, somebody pays you to do that? <laughs> pays you to watch movies. I know. I don't know why. Don't tell me. <laughs> how, do you, how do you get my son that job? Okay, because he's, he's, he's actually doing it for free. <laughs> so uh, in Cosmic Queries, we solicit questions from our audience, and they've been primed on this subject. That's right. So they're coming in, and they know you, but many of them, if not most, are fans of yours. So let, and we could do this in a Star Talk way. Absolutely. So let's do it, Chuck. What do you uh, have? All right. Well, can I start with my own personal question for you? Huh? Is that okay? All right. Before Why are you we... asking him if it's okay? It's my show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, you caught me off guard, man. All right. <laughs> yes, you have my permission Thank to you, ask sir. him the first question Thank instead, of the, instead of the people who, who actually... Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. So I just want to know, in your estimation, what is the easiest movie to survive? The easiest movie to survive... 
if we're talking physically, yes, I would say of what of what genre of of a- alien movies, yeah, a- like any oh an alien film, okay. an alien film. Hmm, the easiest one to survive. It'd be ET. Well, so e- so here's the thing. I would say ET. That's what really immediately popped in my head. But then you do have that whole segment where like, oh, we need to quarantine them because who knows what bacteria or viruses uh, you might that's have. That's right. right? right. And that go. to me is kind of the interesting thing. You have this foreign creature here on Earth. Right. We don't know what we have no idea. We don't know what it is susceptible to or what we're susceptible to from it. So, so yes, in so the at the end of the fine, movie, but in reality, when, when the kids get them back to the ship, what they don't show you is five weeks later when they all have these horrible growths <laughs> coming out <laughs> the sides of their faces. And oh, yeah, yeah. But, but he's already gone. Well, yeah, and the movie ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, then they were like, "We can't make a sequel because all the kids have horrible tumors." So. <laughs> Ooh. Awesome. Wait, awesome. Wait, so I have a, I have a, a, a two reflections on this. Okay, one. I've had Steven Spielberg in that chair over there in my office. Ooh. Tell me, okay, upon being asked something related, that E.T., what he imagined E.T. as a vegetable and not as an animal. So he's a plant-based life form. Plant-based life, that's correct. Okay. Which is, which is how he would have that relationship with the plants, remember? Oh, yes, because he made them got flowers. Matter, they got, okay, and they would right. rebloom. And right. Re- and so that was imagined, but... Since it's walking and talking and has eyeballs and shoulders, you, you, the natural way to think of them is as living, right? As as animal life animal. rather than plant, than plant life. life. So that's oh, my first one. Yeah. Second point. Wow, that is a really cool yeah, yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Second point. That is really cool. Go ahead. And I and you would say, what are your sources? Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's like that is the ultimate cocktail party smackdown. Just like yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but ET is actually a plant plant based life. It's like yeah. Where do you get that from, Steven Spielberg? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. It's it's. I've had people come up to me and say. Um, what what wiki page did you get that information from? And I for other calcu- calculations, I said I calculated it. Right? <laughs> Somebody actually creates information that goes on the wiki page. Right. And I'm, one of, those I'm one of those people. Right? Okay, right. that's what. It, so it's called math. <laughs> called math. It's called math, dude. <laughs> what wiki page did you get that from? A uh, math. What, what app? The brain app. <laughs> yeah. What 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 app? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right here. Go ahead. All right. Also, uh, you can ask what are the chances we would catch an ET disease. Uh, mm. If he comes to Earth, right. what's the chance of that? Contamination. And here's the problem. The kind of diseases we think about and know about tend to be very specific to the life forms. Right. Think about it. So an oak tree is not going to get whooping cough. Correct. Right. And just like there are certain viruses that, uh, you know, that will not uh, will not be, um, what's it, transmitted, trans-species. Well, cross-species. They have to mutate they in, order to mutate that in order for that to happen. So the idea that an alien from another planet is has something that's contagious to us is kind of is kind of low because right. a lot of things that are contagious to other life forms on Earth with whom we have DNA in common are not contagious to us. Right. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but still we got to be cautious, <laughs> just as you said. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, let's get to the queries now, and mm-hmm. of course, we always start with a Patreon patron because they support us. Yes, and yes. we okay. love them for it. This is uh, JB from Patreon. He says, uh, "Hi Neil and Jake. This is Jessica from Arizona. In 2005, the movie War of the Worlds, starring Tom Cruise, these machines driven by aliens start eviscerating people with white laser beams, effectively turning them into ash." Would it be possible to harness light this way into a kind of super laser? If so, where would you go to stay safe? Wait, so which would be in defense against? In defense against. Okay, yeah. So, Jake. Yeah, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, just to clarify, they're asking if the weapon that the War of the Worlds aliens use could be possible. Uh, well, she's saying, yes, is it possible to use light in this manner? So that is a different way of saying, is that weapon possible? And in that way, you could you could fight with a weapon equivalent to what they're using, perhaps. Right. Okay. Or you could defend against it. Right. Well, and actually, this is funny, because if we just... Spoilers for everyone that hasn't seen the movie yet. Going to give you a second. Okay. The, the movie is 14 years old. Is... Forget them. <laughs> they haven't seen the movie yet. I don't care. Go. Well, hopefully they just heard the original War of the Worlds from back in the day when you were a kid, Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> the way that they destroy the aliens or defeat them is by, like, a virus. A human virus gets them ill and they all just 
die. Right. So this kind of goes back to the ET conversation where we actually are the this contaminant that kills them. We're the weapon. Anywho. Yeah, we are the weapon. Just us existing. And that's kind of the par for the course for humans anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, I would say it is possible. You can, I mean, I'd harness light. Is that what they're harnessing? We don't really know. You could generate enough energy where you could just completely eviscerate a person. I mean, that's possible. True. Well, I mean, if it's just a matter of energy, right? Light is a form of energy. Right. Now, mm -hmm. laser beams are kind of cooler than other forms of it, but it's just energy. Right. So, you know, a bow and arrow is putting energy here and taking energy over here and putting it over there. Right. A laser's got energy over here, put it over there. Right. A, a, a bullet. A, a bullet. I got energy over here. It's put in the gunpowder, and now the energy's over there. So, if you can abstract this question to just say, what are the ways you can have energy over here and put it over there? And you have more energy than they have. That's kind of what that comes down to. Right. But I wonder, maybe and the I question, guess, what's, do you think the question was, what does it take to turn them into a pile of ash? Well, do you think maybe that was the question? So that's what I'm thinking right now. And in that regard, I mean, it would have to be whatever this beam is, let's say this energy beam, it would have to encompass the entirety of the person's body for all of them to instantaneously turn to ash. Right. So just focus here. Well, then, it would just pop a hole right through you the same way that a bullet, when it impacts, it doesn't blow apart your whole entire right, external right. body, internal, just boop. So I guess it would be so, if we just go by heat, so hot that it would immediately vaporize all of the moisture in your body. Okay. Right? It would just completely dry you out to such a degree that you are just dust afterwards. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Right, and so Jake, Jake is mentioning an important point because... It's hard to burn something that has a lot of liquid in it. Right. The liquid, you got to first get rid of the liquid, right. then you can burn what's left, right? So you're talking about ash. If you're going to be a pile of mm -hmm. ash, the, the, your blood had to evaporate in some way before you even get to the ash. So so the instantane, instantaneity, is that a word? Nice. It's, it, it, is well, it is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> the instantaneity. <laughs> Sounds of, like a great, a great Quaker Oats commercial. <laughs> <laughs> instantaneity instantaneity it's delicious <laughs> all right go ahead so um, so it would require enough energy to instantly take your blood to a rolling boil and then evaporate evaporate it, get rid of all the liquid and then and then consume the rest of the material it. and that seems to me it had mm -hmm. to take a little longer than how long that took in the movie yeah. Right. Because well, also, the other thing, too, is if you're talking about that kind of energy, it only did that to the person. The beam didn't, as it continued, it didn't like shoot holes into the ground. Or, or it didn't take out buildings. Right. Or, or, or the plant yeah. life. Or the plant it. life behind okay. it. Only the people. So. All right. So maybe it was a tune to human chemistry then. Well, that's a good. That, 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 right. I see you think about this stuff. Often. <laughs> it is very evident that I'm you really think popular. about this crap all day long. Okay, because <laughs> well, no. Okay, I got one for you. So the military and large municipalities have what's called non-lethal uh, weaponry. Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah. And the, the taser is an example of one. Right. But another one is this truck that rolls around with this huge beam mm -hmm. oh, and, and it sends microwaves, microwaves into a crowd. Yeah. And the you feel like you're burning. You feel like your skin is burning, so you want to get out of that beam. And basically, they aim it for the focus points wherever people are gathering and, get, and getting the most ornery. So right? they can disperse the crowd. Yeah, to disperse the crowd. So the cool thing about microwaves is water responds to microwaves, which is why your plate doesn't get hot, but your food does right. in the microwave oven. Mm -hmm. So if you have one of these weapons that targets human molecules— then you could have a beam that's sort of wide enough to just enclose you right. that could va that could vaporize you, but not the stuff behind you. Oh, right, excellent. Right. Yeah. What, would you? How? What do you think of that? I mean, I think that that sounds fair because they do have those specific things. They have the microwave weapons that you're talking about. I mean, I remember reading an article years ago about how in the UK to stop teens from loitering in stores, stores could play this frequency. That only oh, teenagers yeah. could hear because they still had those hairs in their ear, right? That's right. So they could still hear the frequency. I forgot about that. It would be annoying that. to them. Yeah. So old, old folks just don't even hear it, and so we can chill. Yeah, like, what? Wow, exactly. <laughs> Keep the same way we are with teens. <laughs> that's why they don't listen, because they, they don't hear. That's why they don't hear. All right. Wow, that's great. All right, well, that's a great question, uh, Jay, Jessica. That was really cool. Are you ready for another one? Here we go. Yes, sir. Uh, this is... Shivang 
Shavang Srivastava. Srivastava. Yes. Shavang Srivastava. Shivang Srivastava. Srivastava. Oh, so, so, oh, so you're going to, you're going to. Uh, uh, yes. So, I put the wrong emphasis on the syllable. <laughs> All right, here All right. we go. Uh, she says, hi, Dr. Tyson. Do you think uh, an organization such as MIB, or Men in Black, can be established secretly if the government finds aliens? I'm also really eager to know what changes will you and Jake, would you and Jake like to make in the movies so they are more bound to reality? Ooh, thank you both for your encouraging science education. So, so Jake, can MIB be real? Would it would it be real? First, is it real? Second, <laughs> would would the government do it if, in fact, we were sort of shielding aliens? What, what's your? I would say yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I don't really have. I mean, everything right now is just hypothetical. But I would assume that. Yes, they would create an organization. Would it be as cool and sexy as Men in Black? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's what I want to know from both of you. Do you think the government, uh, the scientific community especially, would shield the public from the knowledge that we are not alone? I'm going to ask Jake about this. Okay. I, I mean, I think this is a tough one because we are hunting for life out there in the universe. Right, that's what we're actively doing when we go to Mars, when we just are trying to go to Europa, all these different missions. That is kind of the point. But that is a different kind of life than I think what most people assume life to be. We think of life as sentient human beings that can walk around, move around, have conversations, think for themselves, not microorganisms. So when it comes to that level of, I assume an alien is this living, breathing thing that can move around and shake my hand, that I would kind of assume that the government, if it did if it were happening now, they would hide from us. Because it kind of is a disruptive thought or disruptive information to know. So with an MIB kind of uh, 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 secret keepers? To a degree, not, not as cool as MIB. I don't think they have like fancy alien weapons and like cool cars and, you know, they're going on all these action missions, giving birth to aliens on the... Like long side of the expressway or whatever, but right. <laughs> like, I do think if aliens, well, here's okay, aliens exist. I think. Well, wait, just a right? quick thing. In, in Men in Black, one of the aliens was he was like bug life, right? right. I mean, he was yeah. like roaches. So it's not not yeah, all of them exactly. were fully manifested as hum humanoid forms. I mean, he was yeah. humanoid, but he was still made of bugs or or. What, what, yeah, right. it was made, made of bugs. Mean, <laughs> if we're just throwing a theory, it's like I have a strong theory that if we go to the deep ocean, that all to me is alien. It looks so foreign from what we experience here in our world of on land that it is so different. Like that could be aliens for all we know. Actually, it's a totally different environment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna say no, but I'm gonna let you know. but I'm just, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say no, they're not aliens. <laughs> well, it's very testable. You look at you check the DNA, right? With overlapping DNA, but otherwise, it's fun to think about it. Exactly. We gotta take a quick break. When okay. we come back, more with Jake on aliens in the universe. Yes. On Star Talk. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. 
And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back. Star Talk, Cosmic Queries, aliens in the movies and TV. Yeah, a subject as big as the universe itself. You know what? It probably is. <laughs> and I got Jake Roper on. Thank God we got Jake Roper. On. I know, right? Because he's he's he thinks about this stuff all the time, professionally. Professionally, get <laughs> somebody pays him. Let me tell you, his your parents should be so proud of you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm proud of you. I am proud of you, Jake. You are what America is about. I want, I want to be able to say to somebody at a cocktail party, so what's your son do? My son talks about aliens on YouTube, and they pay him. <laughs> and, and he bought my house. And he bought my house. That's right. My son, who does not play basketball, bought my house on YouTube. Love it, bro. I love it. All right, so what's the question? What, you got the next question? We got the next question. Let's, All right. <laughs> let's keep going. This is um, Jason, uh, Jason Mogridge. Jason says, hey, what's up, guys? What's yours, Neil's, and Jake's favorite fictional alien movie or game and why? Ooh, nice question. Good. That's a good one. All right, go on, go on, Jake. Jake, this is going to oh, no, be pressure Chuck, on you. No, Chuck, you... You go first on this one. <laughs> so I can think. So you can think. Go. You got okay. me. Okay. Right. So I'm going to give you my favorite movie, Alien. Let me hear it. And it's going to be very oh, pedestrian because you're going to say it's just the it's the, it's the the oldest trope ever. Don't tell me what I'm going to say about your alien. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right about that. All right. All right. The alien. The alien. In the, in the movie, the in alien. In the movie, the alien. That is my, that thing is amazing. First of all, it's super cunning and intelligent, okay? Secondly, we don't know what motivates this thing. It kills everything, but why? Why is it doing it? Third, it loves to fight. Why are you so angry, bro? Calm down. Third, it's got a mouth in a mouth in a mouth. That is amazing. What is that tiny little mouth for? Why? Why do you have a tiny little mouth? I didn't know you felt this way. Wait a minute. He's he done. That's not it. I'm not done. Wait a minute. Here's some. And you cut it and it bleeds acid. Come on. This thing is awesome. Whoever thought of this alien, I'm telling you, they put a little bit of time in. That's all I'm saying. And it scurries it, when it escapes right down the hallway. No, forget that, that was scary. Right. Look how fast it is. I know. Right. And by the way, look at its transformation. It's It goes in you as who knows what. You're just host. A little you're... crab monster actually grabs you by the face <laughs> and puts the baby alien in you. And then it comes out as a little snake man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, Jake, have you had enough time to think now? Or are you so distracted by Chuck's <laughs> I'm, I'm Chuck's panic really attack? Amazed. Like that was that was great. <laughs> that was a good monologue. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so Alien is fantastic. I'm wearing an Alien hat, Nostromo, um, the, the ship from the first one. That's right. I do love Alien, but actually, in a similar vein to Alien, because I, I think I like to think of Alien as a parasite, right? The whole entire way that it gestates and births out, it is this parasitic relationship. So with that in mind, The Thing is my favorite alien. The Thing? From the movie, The Thing. I forgot what The Thing What's was. What's The Thing? Is The Thing like The Blob? What is The Thing? No, so The, the Thing but don't get, is... And don't confuse uh, The Thing with them. Because them were yeah, the ants. Sir. Them were the yep. ants? They were them is, ants. Them is ants. Them is them, ants. Them is they ants. is something entirely <laughs> Okay. The <laughs> Thing... Sorry. All right, so back on track, Chuck. Come on. Okay, sorry. So The, the Thing is a... Uh, well, the remake was... Which is the one that's most... Popular is this 1980s movie with Kurt Russell directed by John Carpenter. And the thing is this organism 
that takes the shape I saw it. I of saw whatever it. the host is. I didn't realize that that was I, I, what I was watching, but it's a, a shapeshifter and you don't know who it mm-hmm. is because it can be anything. And then at one point it became the dog or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. forgot I saw that movie. It can take any form. And it's the thing that's scary to me about it is one is it really is a parasite, but an intergalactic parasite. And it just takes upon, like, you have things like the jewel wasp here on Earth, right? Which is more similar to the xenomorph and alien, where it impregnates the cockroach, basically, and then the larvae bursts out and becomes a full-on wasp, flies away. But the thing I love, because it brings up this conundrum where does the person who it took the body of, the form of, is it aware that it's not human? Or does it think that it's human? Mm. But it has something else controlling its mind. And I think that's a really nice conundrum. Right. You look in the mirror, the mirror tells you you're human. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so you like the fact that you could be infested with this parasite or occupied by this mm-hmm. parasite and still think you are you, but just going about your life, but really you're just a puppet of a galactic parasite. And you have no idea, potentially. The people around you have no idea that you are no longer you. Right. Right. That's, um, that's pretty cool. And I think that's pretty spooky. Whereas with like traditional aliens or an alien, you know it's an alien. Like, okay, you're terrifying. You're not You're not friendly. But if it was just Neil, we're like, oh, Neil, how you doing? And for all this time, he's been this parasitic alien. I am fine. <laughs> so what's the difference between them and Invasion of the Body Snatchers, fundamentally? So that's a great question. There isn't much. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah, similar. Right. Okay. I think it's just it also in the, redone the, in the style. And, or the yeah, they're both these alien creatures that take over humans. I think in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, its motivation is much more clear. It's there to take over the planet. Right. And the thing, they just find this crashed spaceship from like thousands of years ago. And there's no reason as to why it's there or what the purpose of this alien is. The alien never expresses its intent. It's just this vicious force. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. All right, Neil. Uh, I, I have a, a, a good answer and then a cop-out answer. Uh-oh. I, my good answer is I think the blob is the best alien ever. Mm. The blob. Because it didn't walk. It didn't talk. It didn't have two eyes, shoulders, mouth, nose, feet. You know, as much as we like alien versus predator. Yeah. The predator was great, right? right. But it's still very humanoid. Yes, right. It's even the proximate mm-hmm. height of a human. You yes. could look, you know, Arnold staring <laughs> straight in his eyes. Kill right? me now. Right here. <laughs> right. Kill me. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm thinking this was the most creative alien Hollywood has ever come up with. Right. Because it was not an actor in a costume. Okay. And mm. people forget but what color is the blob? Do you remember? Red. Red. Except when it first landed. It was what? completely transparent. Oh. After yeah. it ate its first person. Then it was red. Oh, I got to go back and check that, that out. Yes. Yes. Did you, did, did, Jake, did you know that? I didn't know that. No. No. Okay. I, I can't, right stump, I can't <laughs> stump it. Yeah. I can't stump it. Unstumpable, I'm Jake. Sorry. Well, I just showed my girlfriend the blob because she'd never seen it. So we just watched it the other week. Okay. So it's fresh and it's fresh. It might have been Steve <laughs> McQueen's first movie or very early in his yeah. in, in his repertoire. Anyway, so that's early my, Steve McQueen. I think that's the most imaginative. Plus, it comes through the grill. Right. It comes through everything. Of the of the air, air conditioning right. ducts. Any any opening. Any opening. Any opening. Un- it can oozes, ooze its way under through. Under the door. Under, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that and uh, favorite alien, I think, is from... Uh, contact. Contact. Mm. With Jodie Foss? Yes. Wait a minute. Yeah. So, so you mean when she was inside of that, no, that no. portal? You never see the alien. That's why it's my favorite alien. <laughs> uh, right, because he says, I've taken on this form to make you comfortable. No, no. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> yes, yes. Sir. But the alien, you do not know what the alien looks like. Right. The alien exists in some way that is not material, that does not lend itself to material presence for your eyes. Okay. So, I and that way, and by the way, 2001 and its sequel, mm-hmm. 2010, neither of those showed the alien either. Right. So, I like it when they don't show it to you. Okay. That's all. That's cool. I like that. This actually brings up, I love your thoughts on this. I always like to think that if we were to see an alien, that we wouldn't really be able to comprehend it. Which is why I always think that the old school look of like the, the gray alien, you know, big head, big black eyes, 
because we only understand things in the shapes that we can currently comprehend. But if something were not bound by our understanding of the world, could it look entirely different in a form that we just don't understand and have to put it into a form that we do understand? No, I, would, I don't think so. If you're open enough to what can be, it's just a thing that now, no, you, you don't have a reference for it, but right. it's a new thing that you make new references for it. So, for example, in Star Trek, you have the Horda. Mm-hmm. The Horda is basically a rock. Right. And it's alive as a rock. Right. That doesn't look like any alien anyone's dreamt of before. Right. But it, it can move through silicates like we move through air because the rock is silicon-based, most of them. So I thought that was cool. Would you agree that was a creative attempt? To, that is really creative. Just to think outside of the box, the Horda. Cool, yeah. cool. Very cool. No, that is a, sorry, just back to the blob though real quick. I know we got more questions. But that's, to your point, what makes the blob so great is that it isn't this traditional flesh and blood looks like a, has legs and arms kind of character. It's this blob, this shapeless form that just moves around and go through objects or things that we can't physically or that a physical being couldn't. Plus a bullet doesn't stop it, right? It's, it's, no. It's, it's, and not because it's impervious, it's just irrelevant. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is like shooting water. Yeah. <laughs> or shooting yeah. air. Yeah. Right. That's, that's my vote. So we got right. our three votes we there. Got, there yeah. she goes. Nice stuff. It. Good stuff, guys. <laughs> All right. So shall we move on to uh, Ryan Ramboer? And Ryan wants to know this. In the movie Arrival, the government sends two different scientists from two different fields of study. If you had to choose two people, who would you send into an alien spacecraft? Mm. Interesting. Just to remind people, in Arrival, the recent Arrival, recent Arrival? The recent the arrival. arrival. Mm. Uh, Sorry, I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent a, a physicist, a, a particle physicist, and a linguist. Okay. would you, have, uh, Jake, would you have sent different people in? What? I totally would have sent different I, people in. Who? What would you have sent in? Other than yourself, who would you have sent? <laughs> I mean, I think, but that was also a very specific thing where they, they chose a linguist because they knew there was some kind of communication happening mm. and they needed someone there to help decipher it. Right, after the fact. So if we're starting... Okay, it's a tune-in yeah. after the fact. Okay. Okay. But when you said... So no, for, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you... Oh, no, I was going to say, but sorry. if we're starting from that point, then I think that can... Make, a particle physicist doesn't seem... Like, wouldn't you want some sort of biologist? Yeah, I think so too. Mm -hmm. That's why I would have sent an astrobiologist and a cryptographer. And a cryptographer, right, Mm. right, right. That makes sense. See, I I agree with that. And or I would have sent like a theoretical mathematician. What's what's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that? (laughs) Fine. Because I mean, listen, if for them to get here, they had to use math. Sure. Right. Sure. And I think that math would be the same for us. Yeah, but but astrobiologists, no math. So we're good here. Okay, all it's right. It's part of our curriculum. Oh, see, you know, see, you just think that physicists are so damn great. No, That's no, your but problem. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I just remove the physicists from that equation. Right. Put in an astrobiologist <laughs> and a cryptographer. The cryptographer is going to know math too, right, Jake? Cryptographer yeah, knows some well, math. Of course. Yeah. Here's my question to you, Jake. Yeah. How do they know that the septipod, or whatever it was called. Yeah, that the thingy mm-hmm. thing. Was communicating in the direction they are looking mm. rather than in his own direction, and they should then be studying the mirror image of it. Yeah, flipping it. Wow. Well, you, thought I think- too lo- <laughs> you thought too hard about that. You just ruined the movie for my, me. <laughs> the movie's so My now. answer. What are you saying? <laughs> because the thing is, writing on transparent glass. Right. It's writing what it thinks, and everyone is thinking it's, a, it's its own. Right. Somebody's got to, we need a mirror in there at some point. Jake, what's your, what's your take? <laughs> my opinion is that the aliens are very considerate. So they were like, we're going to make it easy for you guys. We traveled all this distance. We are smart enough to know that we're going to flip it for you. We're going to draw. Right. Backwards. I will and tell you this. My, wait, yes, wait, wait, wait. If aliens come up to me and they put it as a glass window, right. I ain't writing shit backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not writing. Uh, but here's my point, and this is my you only fl- making faces. Too. Yeah, my, my only problem with the movie is this: what if you are smart enough for intergalactic travel? Are you going to tell me that you can't learn English in a few days? I'm just saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, that was that was my so, problem. That was my problem with 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 um, 
Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Right. Mm. Okay. Do you remember that scene where they figure out where they're going to land? Do you remember that scene? Yep. It's the teletype gives the the, mm -hmm. the 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 longitude and latitude. They say, "Wait a minute, that's a coordinates on Earth." And then they go get the map, and they say, it's Devil's Tower. It's like, oh my gosh! And I'm you know my issue here, Jake. It's our latitude goes from zero to ninety. Who thought that up? Okay, and between zero and one and one and two, it's split into sixty parts. Okay, and the longitude is an act of politics that put the prime meridian through Greenwich. So if you were an alien and you know our coordinates system, you come up upon Earth, there's no grid lines right. on Earth, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. Hey, look at that. It's a planet made by world map. <laughs> there's no grid lines. So if you come up to the Earth, you have to understand our weird sexagesimal counting system for angles and you have to know the politics that put the prime meridian going down through Greenwich. And if you knew that much about human culture, you just say, hey, hey uh, what's happening? What's happening? I'm landing <laughs> to the left of Devil's Tower right. at 4.30 this afternoon. See you then. Right. Boom! Now, did you tell Steven Spielberg that no, when no. he was here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the next question? Go. Okay. Next question. Next question. Here we go. All right. This is... Oh, I like it. This is 72 underscore 05 underscore 72. And uh, thank you so much for that name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if our planet was being attacked by aliens, what's the first thing you would do? Now, this is an attack, guys. Attack. Not a visit. An attack. Okay. What's the first thing you would do? We don't have time in this segment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're going to find out what's the first thing Jake is going to do when aliens attack and Star Talk returns. Hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patrons, Matthew Iskander and Cody Stanley. Guys, thanks so much for your support. Without you, we couldn't do this. And if you're listening and you'd like your very own Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. Thanks. We're back. Star Talk, segment three of Cosmic Queries, Aliens in the Movies yes. with Jake Roper. That's right. Yeah, this, this good. That's what he does. Yeah, awesome. It's a great job. It's, it's not only what he does, that's all he does. Oh, my goodness. I'm so yeah. jealous. I'm so He's jealous actually sitting on a toilet right now. He never leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he just never leaves that space. You said you wouldn't tell. Oh, that's too funny. Right. Okay, so before we Next went question. off, here's the question. Uh, 72 underscore 05 underscore 72 says this. Uh, if our planet was being attacked, guys, by aliens, what is the first thing you would do? Not Jake. a visit, an attack. Jake. First thing I would do is probably just uh, relax, you know? What what could I do to help stave it off? I'm just going to chill, turn on some Star Talk radio. Okay. Or a nice Merlot. Very nice. Is that a wine? I think that's a wine. And then just uh, yeah, it's a wait wine. for yes, death. <laughs> Glass of wine and chill. Yes. Instead of Netflix yeah. and chill, alien attack and chill. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> interesting. I'll tell you what I would not do, which is what they do in the movies. Which shoot, is shoot your gun at it. <laughs> Go outside and start shooting <laughs> at the sky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's a mothership, <laughs> right? And you think you you think you think, right? <laughs> All right, so oh, so Neil, what would you do? So Jake, you have you have you have surrendered to them, correct? Well, if they're attacking, like I'm sorry. So I guess my assumption was that it's the ship that's attacking us. If they sent ground troops and we're going like house by house, door by door to door, then yeah, I'd probably fight back. But if there's just a giant mothership blasting Earth similar to Independence Day, then I just hang out and hope that it all clears. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, listen, like, you know, I'm not going, like, when you brought up Independence Day, the scene that really burned my shorts 
was when all the people got on top of the Capitol Records mm. building to look at the aliens. <laughs> to get a better to view. To get a better <laughs> view of the aliens. And then, of course, they were all incinerated by a, <laughs> a particle beam that wiped them. Like, I don't get that. What, what do you, I don't, I don't, I don't want to meet aliens and that by the bad. Way, you realize Independence Day is War of the Worlds. Really? How do we attack? How do we triumph over the aliens? With a virus. Oh, look at oh, you. Oh, oh, you know that, Jack. That was good. Jack. You got me. I'm going to tell you. That was good. Jack. Uh, so a biological uh, virus and a cyberological yeah. virus. Okay. So nice. so I, I, I like Jake and I like keeping him around. So I'll put him in with his bottle of Merlot. Okay. I'll get him a good bottle of Merlot. <laughs> right. I'll get you a Chateau Petrus. Okay. From mm. maybe uh, 1989 would be a really good bottle of Merlot for you. Okay. Very nice. And look that one up. And so <laughs> then I, I like him more, keep him around, and I'll go out and try to figure out how to kick some alien ass. Okay. Neil is full of it. <laughs> <laughs> because what you don't know, Jake, is that Neil has many government connections, many, many government connections. Oh, he yeah. will be in a bunker, safely secured, <laughs> drinking exactly that it. chateau, okay? <laughs> Who's sharing chateau. it with a couple generals who will be consulting him on what we should or should not be doing. So with you can't these let people know yeah, that. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't think Neil was lying when he said that he would, you know, check on me. And then when he did leave, though, yes, he would go to his bunker. Like, no, I'll be right back. No, no, of course, I'll be right back. The bunker. Exactly. Hanging out, smoking cigars, living his best life. Cool. Uh, Chuck, what's the next one? All right, here we go. This is uh, Zevi coming to us. Uh, she's a YouTube fan. What is the most believable depiction of aliens you've seen in modern sci-fi? Good mm, question. Yeah. What's the most modern believable sci-fi. alien? Let's go modern. Let's define it uh, 1980s onward. Yeah, let's that? say 80s onward. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the first thing that pops in my head, I think, would be Arrival. Okay. I think the way that they handled it, the way that they interacted with the aliens, the way that the aliens interacted with us. How about the fact that it was a septipod that didn't disturb you at all? Because I think, no, the the issue that I have with most, not an issue because I do enjoy them, but with most alien invasion films where they come to Earth, is why do they always want to destroy us? Why is that their immediate instinct is like, let's just kill everybody. That's because that's There's what no we would do if we landed on their planet. Wow. In fact, that's what we've done to each other when we land on each other's continents. Mm. So, I, so I that's think why I think, think though we write it that way because that's what we would do so we put our own self in yes. those scripts when we write aliens. But when, if they were smart enough, if they could traverse these incredible distances, would their first action be aggression? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think only if we were food with that, because otherwise we to wouldn't. serve man, right? <laughs> right. You, you got you got the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. To serve man. What is it? There was like it's resource gathering. They do a lot of that. Um, but I feel like Arrival had a pretty, in my mind, good depiction. Where obviously it took liberties with some of the science, but it felt still in this world of science realism, or at least they were trying to obtain that. Um, and I, I really appreciated that. What about uh, the day the Earth stood still? Ooh. The, the Keanu Reeves sort of one? The new one with well, Keanu either, Reeves? Either, well, either. I mean, there was the robot in the first one, but that wasn't mm-hmm. really the alien, right? right? There's something else mm-hmm. controlled something else. So, because uh, you, you're trying to... Uh, oh, I, I got it. I got you here. Okay. In that same vein, I'm going to go back to Contact. Because it mm-hmm. was... A, I thought that was an authentic representation of how we as a society would react to the knowledge that there's an intelligent species out there. So I agree with you. You want some authenticity that isn't always a violence. Right. Right. But mm-hmm. then if you're creative enough as the screenwriter or as the storyteller, you would put some of those authentic reactions in it. Mm-hmm. As I agree they did with Arrival. See, I think when you said the day the Earth is still is even even more so because it is a it is a non-biological life form. Like I think our first contact, if we send something out, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a human being. We're gonna mm-hmm. send something out that oh, might I make see. contact. That would be so that would be the first, be the first con- encounter that okay. from, from the opposite way. All right, next question. All right, here we go. Uh this is Wes Miller. Would you rather Aliens be far more intelligent than humans or far less intelligent 
and then humans. Here's the thing. If aliens would, visited us, they're clearly, they're more, clearly intelligent. more intelligent. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to, because I guess, again, we're assuming aliens are these life form style creatures. And we're not finding them, to your point, Neil. They're like coming to find us. So, yeah, I guess they just intrinsically would be more intelligent. But then, I guess, sorry, now I'm just being pedantic, but like, what is intelligence? Do they, they'll know more than us about certain things, but I'm sure they'll be different verticals of information that we are much well-versed in than they are. Jake, if they got here in a spaceship across the intergalactic space, they know more about everything than we've ever known about anything. That's probably the case, unless, of but course... But are they going to know about delicious, like, tacos and nachos, Neil? Will they know that? Mm, they will once they take over the Earth, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 okay. But what if they're like, what was the movie, uh, Wally? Wall E. Well, and mm. they were escaping a planet, put on a ship that was run by an AI that took care of their every need, and they just became dumb fatties floating around on chairs. Right? Damn. Then they arrived someplace. Damn, you just ruined that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> dumb fatties riding on chairs. Yeah, that's what, that's what they, but then instead of trying to wait until their planet was healed, it just takes them on an intergalactic mission. So here are people living in this enclosed society for all these, like it could be millennia if you wanted it. Then mm -hmm. they get someplace, which is Earth, they find us, and what we end up seeing is incredible technology with a bunch of dumb fatties. <laughs> Flying around on, on chairs. True. <laughs> well, I'm, sorry, last thing I want to say about really smart aliens. I will go back to E.T., though, as a consideration where E.T. was able to get to Earth, yet didn't even know what Reese's Pieces were. What an idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> what a dumb <laughs> alien. Idiot. <laughs> e.T. such an idiot. That's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next. All right, here we go. Run it short in time, see if we can get a couple in here. Okay, okay go. This is uh, Prabhanjan Talang says this, if we ever contact an alien species, is there a first contact protocol? A true-to-life first contact protocol. Well, Jake, I don't know if there is, but if there was one, what would you want it to be? Uh, I mean, I you know what? Who'd I never even thought about this question before. Oh, we stumped Jake. Wow. Jake. Well, because I always assumed, well, because you have the light cone, right? Which we don't have to go too into detail, but information, there, unless we can figure out tachyons and all these different things, there's a speed limit to how fast information can travel. Tachyons travel so faster than light. They move backwards in time. Right. Far enough away to send us a message. By the time we were able to send anything back, whoever sent it is probably long gone. Um, so I've never really thought about the idea of what would we say? There has to be a protocol. Interesting. But what oh, wait, wait, there's a protocol say, for what you would know. send a radio signal if we were communicated that way. But if they just showed up, do you send your oh, diplomats? Do you send your diplomats? You send your head of state? Oh, let's hope not. <laughs> no, I'd send like I send Paul Rudd. Everyone likes Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent answer. Oh, <laughs> you need likable people. Very good. We, if you send the most likable human. <laughs> then that's your best chance. There you go. Let's send the delightful yeah. Paul Rudd. <laughs> How could we go wrong? Well, that's a brilliant answer. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Just send the most friendly among that's us. Right. And if they think he's evil in some way, then the, we're in the, big, we're trouble. big trouble. Right. Yeah, we're bummed. Yeah, if we it's send over. Paul Rudd and they kill Paul Rudd, <laughs> the rest of us are doomed. <laughs> we're, there's no hope for humanity. We're done. We're cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, give me another question. All La right, last good. one. Last one. Okay, here we go. Hi, Dr. Tyson and Mr. Roper. Ooh, look at that. Uh, Ooh, this this is... You got a mister out of this. Yeah. This is Elias, <laughs> yeah. Elias from London, and I wanted to ask your thoughts on aliens like replicators from the Stargate series. Robots mm. who replicated themselves using available resources on every planet. Do you believe this is the most probable form of alien life that we will ever encounter? Wow, what a... Whoa, that, what a excellent cool, question. What a real good question. Yeah, Jake, what do you have on that? I mean, this brings up what kind of Chuck mentioned earlier, that it does seem more reasonable that if we were to get a first contact moment, it would be with some sort of machine, some sort of non or inorganic built thing. And then also when it comes to replicating it, this is the whole idea about the singularity that I always love, or just advanced AI, where if you were able to create an AI, like a machine that is so advanced, it no longer needs you to create it. It can create itself now. 
So I do think that could be a, a very real possibility because I, I mean, I'm still stuck on that brilliant idea that Chuck had because Chuck is a brilliant, uh, attractive, smart, humble person, <laughs> um, which is that it would be some sort of robotic creature would probably be the first contact. Okay. All Chuck, right. very nice there. Well, thanks. Yeah. He, he complimented you. He did. Yes. 12 I'm, ways from Sunday. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to I'm use every day I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to just put some uh, emphasis on that. Okay. So the the Fermi paradox, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. how come the aliens haven't been here? Well, why would we expect that to happen? Because in the t lifetime of the universe, they would have colonized every planet in the galaxy. Well, how do you justify that? Well, if you send a robot that can duplicate itself, then it goes to a planet, and then it makes two of itself, and then they go to two planets. Ah. And then they make two of themselves, and they go to four planets, and then eight, and then 16. It doesn't take many doubling times to have a robot on every single habitable planet in the galaxy. That will take much less time than the amount of time the galaxy has been around. Mm. So either you bring humans there and duplicate themselves, or you bring robots, but there would have been some evidence if they really were of a, of a, a, a colonizing species. Right. So... So, yeah, the, this idea that you can duplicate yourself, that's really the only realistic that's way. That's the only realistic way. That right. is the most realistic the mo way. most realistic way. Fantastic. Right. Oh, that's great. We speak English in the United States because England sent a colony that spoke English. That's mm -hmm. right. All right. So now, we went to the moon, not England. Right. Okay. England sent the colony that then went to the moon. Right. So that's, you want to think about what, what you've actually uh, put into motion. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff, right. man. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Jake, love you, man. Hey, that was fun, Jake. Oh, thank you guys so much. This was great. We got to do this again. Yeah. We, well, we will. We're going to find a way to get your ass back on here. Like, <laughs> we got to do Matrix. Do it. I'm down. <laughs> do a whole thing on just a Matrix? We, well, yeah. Well, because there's three movies. No, no. There's only one Matrix. The other, okay, I don't know what I'm going to agree with you. I don't you know what the hell the other two <laughs> I'm movies I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know what happened the other With two. Some happened. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Okay. But the first one was, was I can overanalyze Matrix, okay? Okay. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that movie. How many times have you seen The Matrix? Too many. Too many. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm kind of there too. Right, yeah. so well, actually, you know what? I shouldn't say too many. That sounds negative. Not enough. That's oh! Better. Wow. Nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Matrix it is. The question is, are you a virus <laughs> on this earth? Ooh. A virus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. We, we got to call it quits there. Chuck, thanks for being on. Always a pleasure. Jake, we'll find you again. I don't know where you're hiding, but we'll Please find do. you. All right. <laughs> this has been Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Aliens Edition. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, as always, bidding you to keep looking up.